This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Uh, we've talked a lot, and undoubtedly we uh, haven't finished talking about the fact that we uh, had a few more shootings in Toronto over the weekend. Three people dead, and it appears that the three people who died died in a condo down in the uh, Fort York area, uh, and that they were the shooters. So police are not looking for any suspects. So I guess uh, the bullets started flying in several directions, and the people who did the shooting appear to be the people who got shot dead. And there were a couple of people, one seriously injured, one uh, very lightly injured. But uh, it kind of created a situation where in Toronto we've got about uh, 250 or 300% as many people dead at this stage of the year uh, as we did last year at the same stage of the year about the same number of shootings, but more deaths. I don't want to talk uh, to any great extent about that. I I did a fair rant on it at the opening of the program, but I do want to talk about the uh, segment that affects uh, how we deal with home share or house share situations like Airbnb. As you know, the city has tried to bring in regulations that would force the situation to be that if you want to operate a home share situation, you have to actually live in the home. So if I rent from you, you're there. I'm renting a bedroom from you. You live in presumably the master bedroom. There's a kitchen. Maybe you give me a cup of coffee in the morning, that kind of thing. You can't own an apartment uh, that it, that stands alone except for your Airbnb guests. You can't own uh, a place. I, I use the annex as an example. It could be anywhere that's a ghost hotel, in other words, a home that's all equipped with bedrooms where you don't live and all it's full of are people who paid for one night, two night, three night stays. But that is in abeyance as the courts judge whether that's uh, a good idea or not. I happen to think it's a great idea, but I have a guest who's going to join me right now who has an awful lot to say about it because uh, Torben Wieditz is spokesperson for Fair B&B, a coalition that advocates for Fair B&B rules. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having us. Well, tell me a little bit more about uh, what it is that I've said from your perspective. I think I summarized it correctly. Um, we're, we're, as citizens of a city, getting a bit of a raw deal on what's going on in our city as far as the home share situation is concerned. I don't want to put it all in Airbnb's backyard. They're the big one, but there are others. Um, the whole idea that we can have people who own properties that are solely used for rental purposes and not live in them at all doesn't strike me as something that be, that benefits any of us. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And we have been uh, pushing for fair rules, um, you know, for a long time, since 2016. And one of the fundamental principles that we have been pushing for and which the city of Toronto has adopted is the so-called principal residence requirement, meaning that um, if you and I want to share our own space, um, our own homes, we are allowed to do so a number of times a year. But um, you and I, we're not allowed to um, buy up or lease up dozens and dozens of homes or condo units and turn them into ghost hotels. Um, you know, and I think that's a very fair line drawn into the sand because, you know, we build, plan and design our communities and our condo towers as residential uh, homes, um, you know, providing long-term accommodation to people. And we do know that you know, land uses are there for a reason, and um, you know, hotel use and residential use don't mix that well on such close quarters. So, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for the the fairness of of these rules. And you know, everyone loves Airbnb when they go on vacation, but no one wants to have a full time high volume Airbnb unit right next to them, right above them. Um, so, 
you know, the fact that we have over six and a half thousand um, high volume Airbnb units uh, amidst our residential communities and condo towers in Toronto really speaks to what has gone wrong with this industry over the last couple of years. And, you know, unfortunately, these, uh, you know, absentee landlord-led units also drive, you know, a lot of nuisances, health and safety issues deeper into our residential fabrics. And, you know, we see this every once in a while pop up in the media, like, you know, these terrible events that unfolded in Toronto last week, um, which brings to our attention the fact that Toronto has rules in place now. They are technically on the books. And there are thousands of hosts that are operating illegally in the city, and we need to come to grips with that. Well, you know, I live in a condo, and the the rule is you don't get to do that in the condo that I live in, and I'm happy about that, and it's one of the reasons that I chose it. Uh, Other people live in condos where, at some given point, boards were asked to pass on whether or not this was going to happen or not, and I believe that condo boards do have the power to say yay or nay. Uh, Do they have the power to withdraw if they've said yes? Can they say, uh, we've changed our mind, we don't like what our property has become, and as of such and such date, this is stopping? Do they have the power to do that? Uh, yes and no. Some do, some don't. It depends on the declaration that governs the condos. Um, most of the newer condos built in the downtown core, um, they were constructed um, by builders and developers that specifically put in the condo declarations, which is the governing document that, that lays out the future use of these buildings, that they specifically allow short-term rentals of fewer than 30 days um, and they do that to increase the marketability of their condos and of their projects because they know they are catering to investors and not to long-term residents. And in these cases, condo boards cannot overrule the language in the declaration unless they have a 90% majority of owners, which is virtually impossible given the, um, you know, the, the way the condos are uh, populated with you know, almost up to 50% renters. Isn't there something that can be done about that? I mean, if I were a guy who had had bought a condo, you know, maybe even it was my first investment in property and either somebody didn't bring to my attention the fact that that rule was in there or what it meant, or maybe it was something that was voted on after I I made my purchase. um, And and now I'm beset by coming home and finding people who I don't know in the halls all the time. Um, Maybe I'm finding cigarette butts on the property. I don't know um, what could happen. Or maybe I'm one of the people who lives in a building where one of these awful incidents like what happened on Friday take place. Can't I do something about it? Isn't there um, a citizen action group? You're a citizen action group. Um, what kind of motion is there for, for changing those kinds of rules? Uh, what, what has been done is that the city has uh, come up with uh, rules, regulations, and bylaws that were just recently approved by the local planning and appeal tribunal. And these laws literally um, prohibit short-term rental use in the city of Toronto, um, unless people are the principal residents in the properties that they rent out. And in a condo like um, the one on Queen's Wharf where this um, accident happened on Friday, um, this condo would not be able to allow short-term rental use, Airbnb use, um, anymore because the city's rules trump condo board regulations. Yeah, so when, are we condo- getting, when are we getting judgment on that? And, and what chance exactly. is there that the judgment's going to be in favor of the owners? Judgment is done. Um, we know the rules are in effect in the city of Toronto as of now. And, um, you know, it's up to the city now to enforce the rules. And it's up to, um, you know, to residents to call into the city, to call on uh, 311, to call on their local councillors, to call Fairview Indy Canada, to let them know that 
illegal short-term rental activities taking place in their condos. And it's up to the city to enforce it and to find those perpetrators and to, um, you know, get Airbnb to remove illegal listings from their platform. Okay, what about ghost hotels? Are they now illegal technically? All illegal, yes. Like, the only thing that is legal now is people that own their own home and live in their home renting out these places. But what's illegal now are ghost hotels, people that have bought up, leased up, or otherwise stockpiled dozens and dozens of condos for short-term rental purposes. This is illegal now in the city of Toronto, in any condo. And, you know, if, if people are trapped in residential condominium buildings and they feel like they live in the ghost hotel, they should contact their local counselors. They should contact 311. They should contact Fabian D. Canada. And, you know, then we have the ability to actually go after these uh, ghost hotel operators. Well, I just had this great idea. The other day, uh, Mayor Tory announced $6 million uh, additional for the police to uh, try to enforce more of the rules uh, or the laws pertaining to guns. Maybe that $6 million bucks should go to, uh, to police funding to get people the hell out of uh, apartments that they're not supposed to be in. Well, the city's rules have actually come up with a solution for that, and in that um, short-term rental activity, every night rent, every every property rented um, a night has to um, provide one dollar to the city of Toronto, which is a, a cost recovery measure that can be used for enforcement. And um, you know, I think that's what we're going to see in the future: that the city's rules actually are sustainable in the sense that they are based on a cost recovery principle that charges a certain amount of um, tax to those short-term rentals every night that they're rented. And, you know, that money will be used for enforcement. Well, I certainly hope it works, Storbin, because uh, at, at this point, if you've got the rules in your favor, we shouldn't be beset by any of this nonsense. And people should have uh, what I guess one would describe as a reasonable enjoyment of their property wherever they live. That's 100% right. And, um, you know, I, I hope that we'll be able to, um, you know, help people that, that live in these communities that have been transformed into ghost hotels over the years. Torben Vietz, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having us. Uh, all right. Torben is a spokesperson for Fair B&B, coalition that advocates for Fair B&B rules. And you know what? He surprised me. I didn't realize that that was in force uh, at this point, which means that uh, technically that party the other night in the Queen's Wharf apartment that resulted in uh, people being in a, a venue uh, that became very dangerous and people dying in that venue, that wouldn't even have been possible because it was technically illegal. <laughs> How are you going to enforce it now? I, I'm laughing. It's not a joke. But uh, there is there is no such thing as a short-term rental in a, an owner-unoccupied property. And that's something for you to know. And if you see activity of that taking place, you've just been told by a guy who uh, deals in this, Call the authorities, call your counselor, drive them crazy, her crazy, whatever is necessary to make sure that they know that this is going on. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 